0: When we think about soul, we think about names like Aretha Franklin, Marvin Gaye, Otis Redding, and Etta James. But perhaps one of the most important and foundational pillars, yet sometimes forgotten, of soul music is Donny Hathaway. His story started in the Chicago Projects. Hathaway sang in church choirs with his grandmother who was a professional gospel singer. He studied music at Howard University, where he met his other soul legend and collaborator, Roberta Flack. Hathaway was also a producer for Curtis Mayfield's Kurtzman Records, where he eventually started to record his own work. Today we'll be exploring Hathaway's cover of You've Got a Friend, off of his 1972 album Live. Recorded both at the Troubadour in Hollywood and the Bitter End in Manhattan, the record is one of the best live albums ever recorded. It's rich with audience interaction and warm with Hathaway's signature clean vocals. You've Got a Friend is originally written by Carole King, but Hathaway's version is one of the rare cases in which the cover leaves the original in the dust. You're listening to I've Got Ox on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I'm Allie Hall, and this is Donnie Hathaway's cover of You've Got a Friend.
1: You just-
0: you're just joining us, you just heard You've Got a Friend, the Donny Hathaway cover from his 1972 album Live. You're listening to I've Got Ox and Radio Free Hillsdale. Um, friends, how, how did you like that? Love. I <laughs> loved it. <laughs> I love it. I right loved point. it. So Gavin was our blind listener, and I think Bello... Um, was a listener as less of blind fifteen minutes before the show. So pretty <laughs> I'm much sorry, I did forget. <laughs> uh, Oops. Pretty much two two blind listeners who experienced Donny Hathaway for the first time. Dang. And you guys liked it? Did uh, you guys know the song prior the James Taylor, Carol King version? Yeah. So
1: I think I I think that's one that's played at weddings a lot is mm-hmm. the uh, the James Taylor version. My parents have that best of album, and so I've heard that song a lot. But no offense to James Taylor. He's just no, not Donny Hathaway. He is that no, his no, voice no, 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 is so no. beautiful. Mm-hmm. The arrangement was so much better. The the piano and the intro mm-hmm. like that electric piano sound. It's just so much better. Yeah. I'm sorry. And it's live. Mm-hmm.
2: I,
0: and usually <clears> like I don't I don't know when I started. I know Gavin really likes the 1975 live at like 02 or something. Um, but I was never very like into live albums. I know yeah. my dad bought me Peter Frampton live when I got my record player. But I heard this, and I think it was probably a year or two ago, and I was just floored. Yeah. Because I thought the audience was what made it so special. Yeah, he like, doesn't mm-hmm. sing the chorus
1: oh. at all, which is no. so cool that someone just knows the song so well, and they sounded beautiful. They did. That's that was the cool a wonderful heart. audience. I, when
2: I listened at first, I thought it was like it was like his gospel backup yeah. singer or something. I was like. Wow, his Why audience is mics? crazy. <laughs> like this is crazy.
1: Charlie Poots fans could never. <laughs> <laughs> Let's no, not joking. even bring him into <laughs> this. <laughs> oh man, I. It's so sad. I, he's one of those artists that gets thrown into the Christmas category, and no one el- like knows any of his other music because you know, like have this him? Christmas, you know
2: this Christmas yeah.
1: yeah that one's like one of my favorite Christmas songs ever but I never thought like oh maybe this guy has like a good career outside of this one Christmas song well and I always forget to listen what's
2: what's
0: hard about Donny Hathaway is that he's not I mean he's very famous he's like rated as one of the top singers of all time especially yeah. like in soul and a lot of his work with Roberta Flack is very very famous but his life ended very tragically and it was cut short really early. So what his career could have looked like, I think is what makes his music both painful and like really special. It's yes, like, how who do you is die? he? Like, I don't know um, anything about him. He grew up in the Chicago Projects and he used to sing with his grandmother in choir, in gospel, you know, church That's choir. good start. Which I think is like, so clearly comes mm-hmm. across in a lot of soul music, but like specifically this album and this song, you mm-hmm. can really hear. I think that um, it sort of breaks the barrier between performance and audience. Like yeah. you, you merge those two. Um, he went to Howard University, which is also where he met Roberta Flack. But he dropped out. I think he was like really close to finishing. He was studying music, um, but then got a job at the record label, and he there was he started to write music, record music, work as a producer. And yeah, a lot of his work is like known for being collaborative and like covers. This album I think is his most famous, if not one of the most well-loved mm. albums. It has like a Marvin Gaye cover on it that I really, really love. And it goes the first half of it. So side one of the record was recorded at the Troubadour in um, Hollywood. And then the other part was recorded in Manhattan. So I just I love that. That's just like this tiny detail Mm -hmm. um, that just like brings so much life (laughs) into the album. This is one of those I really wish was like recorded visually because I would have loved to to see see all
2: of them. Like, yeah, just react to it. It, it, it is very true what you said about the the idea of like the performance and and like the audience, the audience like being one. one. It, it, it feels very like casual like all almost. almost. It doesn't feel like a bunch of people being like, "Oh my gosh, this super famous guy we're yeah. watching." To see. It's like they're all just singing together, <laughs> right? Which it, it definitely f- makes it feel so. Mm-hmm. Like alive for lack of a better term and, and it, just so like warm and like they're all just singing together it's very wholesome
1: yeah it's cool too because it's like it's not his song and everyone obviously knows that especially right. in this crowd and so for him to it's him stepping away in the chorus it's almost him like being like this isn't my song like right. this is as much your song as it is my song so let's like sing it together which is so cool
0: yeah there's there's uh. like a a humble nature to it almost i think sometimes mm-hmm. when people cover music like, when I think of Donny Hathaway and covers, I also think of Bobby Womack's cover of a lot of things, because I didn't even know what California Dreaming was. Like, I had never heard the Mamas and Papas version of that. I had only heard this cover that was just so oh. much, so much wow. better, so much better. Um, <laughs> yeah. But Donny Hathaway, just to revisit his life story briefly, because I don't really want to dwell on it, he... I think he was diagnosed as schizophrenic, and because it was, like, the 60s and 70s where nobody knew anything, they gave him, I think the number was, like, 14 psychiatric medications that he oh, was shoot. taking twice a day. He was better for a while, oh and then my gosh. I he just stopped taking them because traditionally, you know, once you start to feel better, you come off of them, and uh-huh. it's like, well, no, that's actually the medication working, so. <laughs> um, Oops and apparently i think it's ruled a suicide technically he like um he was found on the cement outside of his window at his home um so
2: did he
0: yeah so it's but the the thing i think about it was that the glass of the window was it wasn't like broken it was like removed intentionally so i think that's why it's ruled a suicide but he died really really young how old was he 30s maybe maybe it's amazing that his voice sounds so good also for someone that young because it sounds sounds very mature mature. and he and I think like not only was that him growing up learning from his grandmother but also he went to Howard and was like technically trained Mm -hmm. but I think what makes him stand out so much is he has the technical training but he also has the ability to step down from that and just like what Bella was saying like perform but in a very genuine and, like, equal, equal way. Yeah. Mm.
1: This reminds me of Sam Cooke. Was mm. It was kind of this, yeah. same earlier. Same yeah. same
0: soul, soul kind of era. And that's yeah. what, like.
1: You just, like, died way too early that you're, like, yeah. his career, like, it was so good, and it was so short. Like, yeah. it, I can only imagine how many more hits and, like, how much more of an impact he could have left on culture if he had, yeah. like, stayed around for longer. Definitely. That's rough. Famous uh, one, funny Hathaway. So did he write a lot of music? Or this yeah, he kind wrote of the, a lot
0: of music. But the lot, okay. I, from what I've read, like the live album that he put out, uh, I mean, alongside the joint album with Roberta Flack, I think that might have been published post after he died. Um, but this album is like very much, a lot of people really, really love this album. And yeah. I think it's its Even, clear why.
1: I mean, I've never listened to this intentionally, but when I think of Donny Hathaway, I think of this album cover. I do not I never like associated it's it so with perfect. the album. But like... So seventies. That's, that's very like the it's hat. So he's wearing that little like oversized golf cap. I guess I'm not yeah. sure what that is. Um, and he's you know just the feeling blue the music. Font. Yeah, I love it. Donny Hathaway. Yeah. So this is I've got Oxen ready for Hillsdale. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about you've got a friend live by Donny Hathaway off the album Live and Allie is. It's a cover. It's a cover. It's a cover. Yeah. Um, you've probably heard the originals. The originals, or I guess the first. Actually, I, I wonder if James Taylor covered it. After well, this.
0: I think I think from what I know, "Tapestry" or "Tapestry," which is Carol King's like best album, um, mm. James Taylor helped write that. Oh, so he helped write a, a majority of that, but I think it's credited to like both of them. Um, Interesting, but I think a lot of people know it from Carol King's. Yeah,
1: so King's It says on the credits on Spotify, which I don't know how accurate those are It's written by carol king and
0: that's like when you look it up that is but james taylor is known for being like a co-writer of tapestry that's
1: cool
0: i also i love carol king that's how i knew this song and i love that i think i what i love most is that this song for being so well known being played at weddings and being like so fondly known i find Mm -hmm. very special because it's not hyper romantic Mm -hmm. it's talking about loving someone as a friendship yeah and always being there and like presence is very much value which is
2: overlooked a lot mm-hmm. of people tend to just focus on oh and we're just in love and like good having like a good friend is means sometimes mm-hmm. more in a lot of cases so yeah. i love i love a good friendship song mm-hmm. because we need to be talking about that and i think
1: <laughs> I, I could be totally wrong but i think like traditionally this is the daddy daughter dance right mm. so which is interesting too that like i think just symbolically that's so cool yeah to, to, to be like your tell your dad like Oh, your dad telling you that, like, you still have a friend, even though you're, you know, yeah. moving on with someone else in your life. That's just a really nice sentiment.
0: For some reason, when I first started to get into Carole King, like, this is one of my mom's favorite albums. Um, and I played it on my high school graduation morning when I was getting ready. And we listened to it on vinyl. was um, really cute. It's really That's cute. It's nice. one of my favorite memories. And um, my dog is in there, too. Was, I have a picture of her sitting and, like, listening to it. Aww. It's so cute. I when I heard the song, I don't know why. It's probably just projection, like everything is. I always associated it as like almost a breakup song to be like we might be separated. Yeah, but it's like but in good faith. Yeah, I can see that. Which is so rare now mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. every breakup song is angry and vindictive. Yeah. And I think yeah. I think that there is a complete space for that, and that's valid. But it is rare that you can get a breakup song that maintains like a sweet
1: sentiment. There's it. a maturity in this. Yeah, yeah, like there just is. being like, even though obviously. Because at some point you thought that person was the best thing in the world, right, and then right. how you go from that to this person's the devil, yeah, and like the mature thing to say would be to like I we obviously have still our, our differences, yeah. but unless, like the person you still a good matter that too. right.
0: There yeah. are there are valid reasons. I think that's also something that's so jarring is to watch someone go from like basically a life partner to mm-hmm. a stranger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if people realize, maybe our generation especially, that it doesn't have to be like that. Yeah. and you mm-hmm. can maintain, you can be cordial with people, and for you sure. can you can still have like love for someone even if they're not in that role. Yeah,
1: because yeah. like. Like I I forgot who it was, but I was like listening to some older guy and he was like, Yeah, I met like he was like in his sixties. He's like, Yeah, I met one of my girlfriends from high sc- from college the other day and we were just like talking. She's so cool. Like I the idea of like still talking to like someone you dated yeah thirty years ago. Like that's kinda interesting.
2: And like Ali said, most people these days it feels like it, you have to fulfill yeah this role of like I hate them and ever mm-hmm. like they there could have been like complete like nothing there to be angry about mm-hmm. in some cases. And it just I feel like people just tend to lean towards the idea of like, I can't I can't even right. care yeah. anymore, right
0: cause it hurts. yeah, I think that that's what that stems from. But like regardless of what your interpretation of the song is or what Carol King kind of meant it to be, I think the ability of so many people to love the song for different reasons, and just Donnie Hathaway's delivery of it, I think really, Pays respect to that. Yeah. it brings so much life into it. It, but it, it and it respects the original, but it brings his own take to it that I just think is, yeah. is lovely.
1: Yeah, and it's just like it doesn't. And I like that it's so ambiguous too. Like, yeah, I think we were talking about this in another song we did. But like, you got a friend in me that could be a mom, dad, mm-hmm. sibling. Mm-hmm. I could send this to my brother and be like, hey, I'm thinking about you. <laughs> Maybe I should do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The song is getting me like sentimental.
0: I. That first, I think it's within the first twenty or thirty seconds when it, it becomes it enters that first chorus and the audience steps in, mm-hmm. it genuinely makes me tear up every single time. Oh, like yeah. I get full body. It just makes me so happy. And I love to listen to the song mm-hmm. in the car and crank it because it feels very much like you're there.
1: Yeah, and that
0: is a surreal and rare experience, at least for me. Like yeah, I don't find a sure. lot of of live albums
2: that ground me
0: mm-hmm. that deeply.
2: Ah, oh, that's so cool. That's the best. Listening to a song and you're like, oh my gosh, this is a whole experience in itself. The first track
0: on this album is "What's Going On" by Marvin Gaye, and he oh, plays. It is? He plays. I know that one also of good. To you will love it because he plays the beginning piano part, and it's one woman in the audience. Like people are kind of trying to figure out what song he's going to play, and one woman goes, "What's going on?" And Ooh. then he just breaks into the song. It's just oh, lovely. I love that. Awesome. Awesome. It's just like it's a conversation between him and the audience mm-hmm. the whole time. That is
1: something so beautiful about like live yeah. performance to be like, I have no idea what's about to play. And, <laughs> yeah. And then it plays and, and everyone's it's like, ah, the best thing ever. Ah, yeah. We're so
2: happy. <laughs> it's, it's, concerts can be like, Oh, like concerts just,
1: bring people together. And they it's do. so, oh.
2: it's so like, it's so wholesome. And nowadays we're straying farther from that. I feel like yeah. in some ways, but like how awesome it would have been to be at a concert like this, that just feels so like, like, I don't know, like intentional maybe yeah. is the right word. want to go to a jazz bar sure. so badly
0: every time I listen oh to this gosh. I'm like if I had a dress and a jazz bar and it was low lighting <laughs> and I drank wine
1: and lived my best oh, life oh God.
0: man
2: yeah. <laughs> my dad would be so proud of us <laughs> shout out That's to so my funny. dad we'll do it for <laughs> your
1: dad man like that makes so much more sense now that like he did the Marvin Gaye song too like yep. I love that people like cover songs shamelessly yeah like that is so cool back then that, that it was that was accepted and expected almost like yeah you know your first album is gonna be covers maybe you'll do an original like even the Beatles they did mm-hmm. that I think that's just, sometimes, I don't know.
0: Sometimes they stole it. But <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> for the most part, sure. there was, I think, a lot more respect for the art. Mm-hmm. 100%. And now, whether it's in relationships romantically or within the industry, yeah. there's so much like tension and fakeness and yeah. like vehemence against one another that it's not as much of a communal art as I think it once was. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And
1: I'd, I'd much rather someone cover an already good song with their unique voice or talent or whatever than writing them into kind of mid-
2: yeah. Like A crappy song. one just to make money, which and just to be like, like, and is becoming more This
1: is my song. Chronic, like, yeah. Yeah. there's nothing wrong with singing someone else's song. No, like that was all that like crooner music was. Yeah, it was just adapted from musicals or Broadway shows, and then you just sang it. And if you like the Frank Sinatra version more than the Bing Crosby, like, yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Like, <laughs> no one's mad at you.
0: Yeah, um, I'm so happy you guys liked it because yeah, I I I'll make everybody in my life listen. I remember I'll play it in my car sometimes, and people will be like, "Um, what is this?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I got one. another one."
2: Yeah,
0: but if you're just no, you tuning in. Yeah. Thanks. Or this, I guess, is the end of the episode. We we talked about You've Got a Friend, the Donny Hathaway cover of the Carole King song, a little bit about live music and the experience of this album.
1: And if you missed the song at the beginning, you really want to go back yeah, and, listen, go back to and listen
0: to it. Yeah, go back and listen to it. Look, look it up. I mean, we yep. can't tell you what to do, but...
1: You know, at, at the, the suggestion of Ali
0: crank it in your car and if you really yep. like it and feel influenced please email Scott Bertram at sbertram so at, <laughs> at and thank you you can find us on all streaming platforms we have a transistor page yes. set up and our social media is our Instagram page is at I've got aux no punctuation yep. all lowercase
1: you can see what we look like
0: so true and we just kind of mess around on that account so <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> alright well thanks so much for listening we'll see you next week Bye-bye. bye bye
2: bye